Welcome to the Adams Road Podcast, an outreach of the Christian music ministry Adams Road. Every week we examine a chapter from the Bible and share music filled with God's Word. You can find our weekly content by searching Adams Road Podcast on your podcast app. Let's start today by listening through Acts chapter 9, verses 1 through 6. But Saul, still breathing threats and slaughter against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest and asked for letters from him to the synagogues of Damascus, that if he found any who are of the way, whether men or women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. As he traveled, he got close to Damascus, and suddenly a light from the sky shone around him. He fell on the earth and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? He said, Who are you, Lord? The Lord said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. But rise up, enter into the city, and you will be told what you must do. Saul's encounter with Jesus here in Acts 9 is an example of the radical transforming power of the gospel. Conversion to Jesus doesn't leave people where they are, but is accompanied with radical change. We can examine our own lives to consider how the gospel has changed us. Are we the same person we were before we confessed Jesus as Lord? If His Spirit is dwelling in us, how has this been evident and expressed in our Christian walk? In some sense, all born-again Christians are modern-day souls and that we have undergone radical transformation by the grace of God and His Spirit, who has began a good work in us and will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. All right, so here's an incredible modern-day Saul story for you. Believe it or not, there are places in the world today where Christians experience heavy amounts of persecutions. I ran across a fascinating testimony of a man who used to persecute believers, but has since come to faith in Jesus. His account originally comes from Bibles for Mideast, an underground Christian ministry serving the Middle East and several nearby countries. The essence of this man's story, whose name is Zakir, is that he was a devout religious man living in the Middle East and he persecuted Christians. He was part of a group of young militants devoted to punishing those who dared to defy their strict religious laws and practices and wouldn't hesitate to resort to violence. One day, Zakir noticed some Christians trying to evangelize people of his religion. In response to this, he and his militant group attacked their office and actually killed three of them. In another instance, shortly after this, Zakir and his militants were stopping those passing by the mosque at the time of Friday prayer, trying to force them to come in and participate. He ended up dragging a man out of his car at a stop near the mosque to force him to comply with the prayer time. But this man was trying to rush his sick child to the hospital and in response to the aggression, shot Zakir in self-defense. Zakir ended up in a coma in the hospital and nearly died. Eventually, he woke up to a group of Christians praying over him and, by the grace of God, experienced a radical and immediate healing and conversion to Jesus. They helped him escape. Zakir now pastors an underground Bibles for Mideast house church, 
taking care of persecuted Christians in the region. This guy was an active enemy of God, and yet almost overnight made a 180-degree turn to become a devoted follower of Jesus. And like Zakir, Saul's encounter with Jesus on the road to Damascus is God's mercy and grace on display. Jesus met Saul when Saul was dead in his sins and trespasses, a persecutor of Jesus and enemy of his followers. He was on his way to Damascus to search out Christians and drag them off to prison. And yet in his darkest hour, when Saul deserved nothing but condemnation, is when Jesus pursued Saul, found him where he was, met him on his way and totally changed his course. And this is how the Apostle Paul put it in 1 Corinthians 15, verses 8 through 9. Last of all, as to one untimely born, he appeared also to me. For I am the least of the apostles, unworthy to be called an apostle, because I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace toward me was not in vain. Grace means unmerited favor. Paul was what he was because of God's grace. I am what I am because of God's grace. If you're in Christ and he has transformed your life through the gospel, you are what you are because of his grace as well. Paul testified to Timothy in 1 Timothy 1 verses 15 through 16. The saying is trustworthy and deserving of full acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am the foremost. But I received mercy for this reason, that in me, as the foremost, Jesus Christ might display his perfect patience as an example to those who were to believe in him for eternal life. I have no doubt Jesus was intentional in saving a quote-unquote foremost of sinners like Paul and giving him such a significant platform and calling as apostle to the Gentiles so that, as Paul put it, Jesus Christ might display his perfect patience as an example to those who were to believe in him for eternal life. Paul recognized his sin and responded in grateful love to God, devoting his life to serving Christ and proclaiming the excellencies of him who had brought him out of darkness into light. Jesus said once about a repentant woman, therefore I tell you, because her many sins have been forgiven, she has loved much. So too was the case with Saul. God chose an unworthy, broken man like Saul and made him kind of like a poster child, like a supreme example of the transforming power of the gospel. He was an ultimate proclaimer of the message of Christ's gospel of grace to the world. Listen to Paul's heart for sharing this message from Acts 20, 24. But I do not account my life of any value, nor as precious to myself, if only I may finish my course and the ministry that I received from the Lord Jesus to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. And we see God's amazing gospel of grace communicated time and time again throughout his New Testament epistles. What Paul writes in Ephesians chapter 2, for example, is beyond powerful. I see the fingerprints of his conversion experience with Jesus on the road to Damascus all over his following exclamation. This is from Ephesians 2, starting in verse 1. 
and you are dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, like the rest of mankind. But God, being rich in mercy, because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved, and raised us up with him, and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, so that in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing, it is the gift of God, not a result of works so that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Saul was following Satan's devices and was a child of wrath. He was on his way to persecute Christians in Damascus. And yet while he was dead in his trespasses, as an enemy to God, Jesus showed up, being rich in mercy, and brought him to life, saving him by his grace. Saul had done nothing to deserve this, like nothing. He can therefore fervently say, for by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing, it is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. Or as the Apostle Peter so beautifully puts it in 1 Peter 1 verse 3, According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. And Jesus saved Paul for a purpose. God had good works prepared beforehand for him to walk in. Titus 2 verse 14 says that Jesus gave himself for us to redeem us from all lawlessness and to purify for himself a people for his own possession who are zealous for good works. God redirected Saul's zeal for Judaism, previously without knowledge, after a transformed heart, to a zeal for boasting in the excellent mercies and grace of Christ. Jesus showed up and changed my life as well. When I was an enemy of God, opposing his word and will, he showed up. He lovingly and patiently pursued me with his love and won me over by his grace. He convicted me of my sin and brought me to my knees so that I would turn to him, cry out to him, trust in him. I called upon Jesus and he heard my cry. He raised me up into new and better life. He gave me a new heart and a new spirit and poured his love into me, sending his Holy Spirit to dwell in me. I'm loved by Jesus. I'm known by Jesus. I have a relationship with the creator of the universe. And I'm a work in progress for sure. A sinner saved by God's grace, whose grace and mercy are continual towards me. He began a good work in me, and I'm convinced he will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. I love Jesus so much. I want to boast of his grace, manifest by his cross for the rest of my days. 
How has God's grace been expressed in your own life? Has Jesus changed you? Not everyone who says to him, Lord, Lord, will enter into the kingdom of heaven. But the one who does the will of his Father, which is to believe in Jesus as God's only Son. Tried to say you prophesied in his name Did many mighty works and casted out demons Well I hope he won't declare to you Depart from me, I never knew you Worker of wickedness We've all sinned But we have redemption By the blood of Christ By grace through faith have a zeal for God, but it's in ignorance and not according to what is known. Do you choose not to submit to God's righteousness? Do you seek to was Tax Collector from the Adams Road album, Immeasurable. 
heaven is like a treasure in a field Which a man found and sold All he had for that land The Lord alone is our portion and our cup So come All who thirst Drink from the fountain Of life And be to the thirsty Jesus will give a drink without
body and blood of Christ and never run dry You don't drink the body and blood of Christ That was Satisfied from the Adams Road album, Immeasurable.
This is the Adams Road Podcast, an outreach of the Christian music ministry Adams Road. You can learn more about us at AdamsRoadMinistry.com. Again, that's AdamsRoadMinistry.com. We release a new podcast episode every Saturday. Feel free to join us next week as we examine Acts chapter 9, verses 7 through 19. Grace and peace be with you all.